Welcome to Pod Zero, a podcast that explores the problems and solutions of the climate crisis. Pod Zero is made possible in part by assistance from My Weather Radar app. Download it for free in your phone's app store. All right, right now I have uh, the great pleasure of talking to, and I'm excited about talking to Brent Suter, who is a major league baseball pitcher for the Milwaukee Brewers. He also sits on the advisory board of Eco Athletes and works with players for the planet. Uh, he has an environmental science degree from Harvard University, so he is not just tickling this issue. He's serious about it, and um, he serves as an advocate for the ecology and a role model for sustainability. Uh, that's what I contributed to that little bio there. Uh, let's welcome uh, Brent Suter. How are you, man? I'm good. Thanks for having me. How are you doing? I'm doing well, man. I'm I'm really happy to have you on because you know, you embody exactly what I hope to do with our It's Real campaign, mm-hmm. which is get people talking about this so that we have permission to talk about it. And you're serious about this. I, I said you have an environmental science degree from Harvard, but you're also a spring training right now. Right. And you're taking the time to talk to me about the climate crisis. All right, I got yeah. one question. <laughs> the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> <laughs> it's it's a great question. You, uh, my wife would give you a better answer than me, but uh, it's it's one of those. Uh, it's an issue that I think is really the issue of our time. We're going to look back. History is going to look back on this era and be like, "What did we do with this this problem?" Uh, really, one of the biggest humanitarian global problems of our of the, of the history of humanity. So. Uh, yeah, I got back into it uh, in 2006, watching Inconvenient Truth by Al Gore. Uh, I didn't know how bad it was. And watching that documentary opened my eyes and really like opened my heart to uh, this issue. And so I knew I wanted to study it from then on and in high school and college. And then whatever I did after college, I knew I wanted to pursue this issue. And so being a baseball player, I'm trying to use the platform for uh, spreading awareness of the environment, trying to do some good. Uh with by the environment um really trying to get in the environmental justice realm uh this this year these last couple years especially right Uh, so trying to serve marginalized underprivileged communities um trying to beautify their uh their spaces because they've just been getting dumped on pollution and crazy amounts of waste being dumped on those communities and well but that's over and over again well they're vulnerable communities that don't necessarily have the representation to right. fight back and so as a result you have large corporations that have the ability to do whatever they want in these areas and and they do it you know what i mean right. they they basically do it so we'll have to have you back and talk about um environmental justice when when cuz we're doing uh several shows on that because it's such a big topic and it's so important oh, yeah. so i'd love to hear some more from you on that and um when it comes to sustainability i i i i ask everybody this question because there are so many ways to talk about sustainability so what is sustainability mm-hmm. to you uh from from your standpoint yeah um it's it's living in a society or living in a way that is able to be replicated generation after generation without uh, a degenerate a degeneration really of resources. So being able to have uh, replenishing of resources, whether that's with the uh, farming methods, whether it's with you know, the w- limiting waste in our society. And just right now, the, the hard truth is that we are not even close to living in a sustainable way. We're very reliant on fossil fuels, which aren't in- infinite. Um, 
and are, and are hurting our environment incredibly with the, the burning of them where our food production and uh, waste products from our food production is, is not sustainable. Are we, the science says we have about 60 harvests left on the way we're farming uh, before the soil is just going to run dry. The topsoil is going to run run out of nutrients. Um, yep. So, I mean, we're, we're literally coming down to the, the buzzer on uh, a, a time period to shift, shift into more sustainable methods of energy, food production and day-to-day living. So uh, it's, it's concerning, but I have hope. Um, a lot of things give me hope nowadays, but uh, one of the big ones is the youth and the, the younger generation really, taking this uh, issue head on and really fighting for themselves uh, and fighting. Well, for clearly, their, their clearly you don't rights. have any children, Brent. I have a job. <laughs> if, if you have hope in the children, you don't have any children. See, that's what well, you I just have, told I a, me. I have a two year old. So nah, uh, I'm not well, see two. <laughs> see, yeah, that's why you got hope. That's why exactly. you got hope. You don't He's have a like, teenager. Nah, nah, nah. Once you have a teenager, you will give up that hope. <laughs> you right, will be, gonna, you will look at your teenager every morning and go we are so screwed oh <laughs> my god we're screwed how I do will, i get the I climate will. inside of a video game that will solve it all <laughs> right all right anyway right. i'm joking well, of course <laughs> no you're absolutely right uh young people being at the forefront and the front lines of this issue is very important because uh, one, they have the time and the resources to put into Mm -hmm. this, you know, Um, uh, and two, it's their world that they're inheriting, you know, and three, there has to be a tectonic shift and sea change from one generation to the next in order for this to to happen, you know, And, and it starts with everybody, to be honest. It really does start with everybody. I'm, I'm interested to know how you put the inspiration that you have to do something about this issue in your everyday life. I, I think it's important for people to hear that there are things that can be done. And let me just say this before you give the answer. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of people who are saying, scientists, I speak to many of them, And they say, well, one of the things that we can't do is make people feel as though their contribution to this, their individual lowering of their so-called carbon footprint is going to be a solution to this problem. To which I say to them, please shut the hell up. Please shut up. Now, I know that you are, you know, Columbia University. I know that you are NASA. I know that you are a scientist. I have the greatest respect for you, but you got to shut up because the reason why I want people to be cognizant of their contribution, forget the footprint and all that kind of stuff, their contribution to the problem is because once you become um, cognizant of the fact that you're part of the problem, then maybe you'll want to be part of the solution. Mm-hmm. But if you don't think you're part of a problem, you're not going to do anything. So I think it's important for people to know, you know, uh, what you might do personally. What is that? Yeah, uh, I'll start with the diet. I don't eat any red meat anymore. Um, gave okay. that up several years ago. So no beef, no lamb, no pork anymore. Uh, just occasional chicken and turkey. Try to do it in reasonable amounts. Uh, meat is very hard in the environment, very resource intensive, a lot of right. CO2 per gram of protein. So. Uh, try to limit that. I drive an electric car. I have solar panels in my house. We do reusable bottles and reusable K-cups, reusable coffee, mugs, all that stuff. 
uh, try to shop at the farmer's market as much as we can and limit the packaging of our food uh, just because you go to the grocery store and you just see, yeah, you might save on the plastic bags if you use reusable bags, but then you got plastic after plastic after cardboard after plastic on your food packaging. So we're trying to shop at the farmer's market more and get uh, produce just in, in our reusable bags and limit the packaging there. And uh, I take a reusable Tupperware uh, everywhere I go in baseball because oftentimes on the road they service food with like styrofoam or plastic Right. plates and forks and knives so i just use a reusable tupperware this like a great collapsible tupperware thing that uh has its own little spork in there and i use that clean that out and i use do it that. I, I i do the same thing and also nice. with the water bottle as well yeah yeah so like little things like that um they seem insignificant but over time they add up and yeah. like you were saying individual contribution it can't be discounted because everything we do in the system matters like right. so every Every ounce of CO2, every ton of CO2 we emit goes into the system and affects someone down the line, if right. not immediately. You know what I mean? So everything we can save matters and it, it's really important to do. And we're all in this, we're all in this together as we've really found out with the pandemic last year, we're in this together and health, we're in this together in the climate and the more we can limit those uh, that damage, the better. I'm really happy to hear you say that. And I think that it's important that people, there's two types of CSR, you know, there's corporate social responsibility. And then I have what I call celebrity social responsibility. Mm. And it's because celebrities, no matter how big or how small you are, your livelihood is made from the public. And mm -hmm. so you have a responsibility to do something for the public. That's just the way I feel, though. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. Uh, so, using the platform for uh, you know, progressive change is, is key. I, yeah. I agree with you completely. So now, um, so let's talk about your colleagues. Okay. Don't want to throw yeah. any other professional <laughs> baseball players under the bus. Uh, you know, those, those yeah. unrepentant heathens who don't give a damn about the environment. <laughs> I, all the rest of your major league baseball buddies that uh, they all they care about is, you know, chicks and, 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 and bling. And no, I'm joking. Of course I'm joking. Um, I'm sure that there's got to be a contingency of your counterparts that look at you and say, yo, what, what, are you, what, are you, what is this about? What are you into? Why are you doing this? How do you talk to them? And how do you think we can get more of them? Because I think professional sports players are the most influential people in our society. I'm, I'm sorry, but I just feel that way. Uh, yeah, so I've actually been pleasantly surprised with how open a lot of guys are to talk about it. Once I bring it up or once they see my Tupperware, me doing, you know, short showers or whatever, they're, they're like, what are you doing? And uh, we open a dialogue about it and we've gotten some really good discussions going. I'd be lying if there hasn't been pushback or resistance from the, you know, some some contingent, like you were saying, of guys that were just like this, that's stupid. But uh, the more we talk about it, I, I see guys kind of changing uh, habits changing the mindset a little bit, maybe reading some articles, doing some research on their own. And uh, we've actually had a really good response overall with our organization uh, team, all the way up to the front office and other employees and our, our team really buying into the, the bottles, anything from the bottles, but also we're partnered with SC Johnson with getting an upcycling program going and the save the oceans campaign going last year, uh, brewers and SC Johnson partnership. Yeah. And uh, there's way more awareness going on in our organization in the last couple of years and way more support for the issue, uh, which is really good to see. But yeah, there's, there's some pushback. There's some heated moments where they, 
straight up say like, this is all bogus. This is all conspiracy, climate crisis conspiracy. And I just have to be like, dude, I, I'll send you some, I'll send you the science. Um, and you can make your own conclusions from there, but I've, I made my conclusion. I'm trying to, trying to help the situation. You know what I mean? Yeah, man. And listen, that's, and that's probably the best way to handle it. When somebody says, I don't believe because trying to convince them is just going to make them further entrenched in their disbelief anyway. Cause yeah. now it's like, Oh, now you're going to prove to me. Oh, you going to make me think what you think. Well, watch this right, right. buddy. <laughs> you don't know the depths of the ignorance I can dive to. <laughs> I hear. I mean, I, I found the key is just like plant seed. Like you can't just debate them into, like you said, you can't debate them into submission. Right. Just plant little seeds, continue to be vigilant in your behavior and you're, you know, kind of pot, trying to be positive about it, but real at the same time is what I've found is the best. Um, when I've tried debating guys into submission, like you said, it just doesn't work further yeah. trenches, the parties. There's no bueno. Yeah, man. So, you know, it's funny. Now let's talk about politics for a second when it comes to this issue, because first of all, science is not politics there. Um, and this is science. So, you know, right. Climate is not political. I say it all the time. As a matter of fact, I'm going to get a shirt made that says climate is not politics. Okay. Right. So, you know, thank you. I got to write that down. Give me one second. I keep forgetting to get that damn shirt made. <laughs> I'm serious. <laughs> Cause it's such a simple. I want one. I want yeah, one. It's, it is it. such a simple message. Climate yeah. is not politics. Okay. It's yeah. like that. And I keep saying, I'm going to get this shirt made and I don't do a climate. is not, I'm, I'm such a, look at me. I'm a mess here. <laughs> I'm sure you're like, what kind of podcast is this? No, this, guy, this, is great. this guy stops his podcast. He's just like mental note to self. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, climate is not politics, but climate is not politics. OK, right. so. For a major league baseball player, an NBA basketball player, an NFL football player, and eh, maybe some hockey guys, because who gives a shit about them? Um <laughs> the truth is, <laughs> the truth is, you guys, I'm so glad you laughed at that. Uh, the truth is that when you guys, when you guys get out in front of anything, man, you're going to get a lot of rocks thrown at you. Because first of all, there are people who make money off of this. And when we start talking about how we have to change and save the environment, yep. they're, the only thing they hear is you are taking dollars out of my pocket. And you made a, um, a quote where you said something like, damn it, I should have wrote the quote down. Ill-prepared, Chuck. Uh, you wrote a quote where you said something like, the first out or might get bloodied, but then, you know, it makes it worth it after that. Or so I'm so screwing up the quote, but <laughs> I think, you know what I'm talking about. Well, yeah. 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 It's along those lines for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, actually it's kind of borrowed it from Moneyball. Uh, that kind of thinking of the first guy or the first man or woman through that wall of resistance always gets bloodied, gets That's rocks it. thrown at them, uh, gets beaten up. But, uh, after that, people follow and soon the resistance is broken. Um, so along those lines with the climate fight, it's, you know, the first one to really take a stand. Um, you know, you see, it, we saw it with Al Gore a little bit. He was really the one of the first politicians to really be public with it. And he got yeah. beaten up quite, yeah. quite handily a couple of times. And, yeah, he uh, became a punchline basically because it, yeah, of it. Yeah, he became a punchline. Yeah. But um, after that, you saw people kind of follow the science, follow what he was saying. And now, uh, now it's a, you know, way more widely known uh, topic and issue because of because of that. So 
Um, now, do, you think, yeah, do you think is there's do you think there's a way I'm, I'm trying to figure out if we can find a way to put together a contingency of athletes like yourself, because you guys are the first through the wall and it the more you the more of you that there are, the more mm-hmm. advertisers, corporations, um, companies that are looking to increase their presence of corporate social responsibility, the more they will look to you guys. And then that will cause other athletes to say, I got to get in on this, but I'm trying to figure out how do we make that happen? So I'm, yeah, I'm a member of two right now, players for the planet and eco athletes, which um, are both uh, eco athletes officially launched last year, but it's more on the uh, education side and the policy side, trying to lobby policy. Whereas players for the planet um, has about 75 MLB NFL um, some NHL athletes, I think a couple NBA guys who are, uh, have their place on the website where they have their mission. Uh, they do beach cleanups. They do a bunch of e-waste drives. Um, and we're trying to get into the environmental justice realm with beautifying, uh, underprivileged communities this year for sure. But, uh, they're in touch with all the league offices. Uh, they do a really good job and they I think there's a lot of room for growth in both of those, um, both those organizations. And, uh, they're really good working hand in hand with each other too. So, there are things going, but there, it hasn't had the, given the immensity of the issue, it's right. not big enough yet. You know what I mean? It's not as big as it should be with athletes going vocal about it, being educated about it. So uh, there's a lot of room room to go, and I can't yeah. wait to see what happens in the future. Yeah, I, I'm I'm really excited about it. Excited about it too, because athletes are they are global, national, and local all at the same time. Yeah, that's that's yeah. where that's where athletes live, because yeah. I don't care what town you're in. You may not know, like, I don't know. I don't follow the NHL anymore, but I know who plays for the Philadelphia Flyers because I I'm from Philly and I like the Flyers. I'm always going to be engaged with that local franchise. And yeah. that means that they're always going to have my ear. And and I think that that's what makes what you do really special, man. So I just want to say thank you for that. Yeah. Thanks. And uh, I also want to mention, uh, there's a group called protect our winners, a group of like winter athletes who have seen their ski slopes and their snowboarding slopes kind of decline with winter's warming. And they've actually had an incredible response. They do all kinds of activism, um, lobbying with Congress, doing all sorts of, uh, great, like public, public out, uh, outings. And so I, I think once, um, the, like the playing field of mainstream athletic, like the NFL, NBA, MLB, once that gets disrupted, it's like just a tiny bit. I think athletes will respond similarly to that protect our winners. Unfortunately, sometimes it takes that eye opening. Like what is going on with the snowpack? What's going on with the, yeah. Like, why can't we play games? It's too hot to play baseball games, something like that. Right. Where it just opens everybody's eyes and there's a response needed. Uh, Hopefully we don't have to get to that point for that kind of uh, really big response, but uh, it might have to be that way. I hope not. I mean, I really do hope that, uh, you know, I mean, that's one of the reasons why we need athletes and celebrities and people to just amplify the message and amplify the conversation. Um, You know, and I hope it doesn't get to a place where because that means that we're getting so much worse. It's, It's easy for protect our winners because protect our winters. 
Um, you know, if you don't protect our winters, then our next organization is going to be Learn to Ski on Dirt. So, <laughs> so that makes sense. Right. <laughs> right. right. Sand, sand skiing, yeah. Exactly. Sure. So, uh, yeah. hey, listen, man, we are out of time, but uh, I would love to get you back on. Let's talk about uh, some environmental justice. You know, yeah. um, we talked to Canal Merchant about, and he was into it the same way. So, our, our next installment of environmental justice, will, which will happen in a few weeks, you might not be able to do it because you guys might be at, what time does, when does the season start? Uh, spring training games start in about five days and then season starts March 29th, I believe late March, March 29th. We might do it before then. So hopefully we can get you back in it for okay. another 15 minutes. We'll talk a little environmental justice if, if, if your schedule permits. And once again, man, thank you for your sincerity. Thank you for your genuine engagement in this issue and uh, look you. forward to talking to you again, Brent Suter. Thank you, Chuck. Appreciate you having me on. All right. Thanks for listening. And remember, aside from survival, there's no reason to listen to scientists. This is Pod Zero.